You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And I'm Nick Jimenez. And today on the show, we'll be talking about the 12th Doctor episode, Deep Breath, uh, his, his very first episode. Um, but before, well, well, yeah, we are going to be talking about that. And But we before we get into spoilers, I thought um, we want to go ahead and sort of go around the room and give our overall thoughts on the story um the episode itself before we start uh talking about anything in detail um in the spoiler section so uh cassandra let's start with you because you have had the uh uh you're 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 you you like sprinted to where we are now so yes so i'm i'm interested to hear how all of this uh if, if if it paid off for you or not Oh, um, as far as it, like, paying off, I am really excited about Doctor Who again, uh, which I never thought would happen. Um, so yay. Um, <laughs> I, I really liked this episode. Um, I came away from it, like, thoroughly enjoying it. It was funny. I, I love Peter Capaldi. Um trying not to spoilerize um (laughs) but no i thought it was really enjoyable and it actually surprised me that i did find it as enjoyable as i did i guess okay cool uh nick yeah no i really liked it as well um i'm actually like i watched it this morning and uh the more i i sit with it and think about it the more i just really am really so incredibly happy and it's 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 everything I wanted coming out of the uh, the Matt Smith era. I think it was just it's such a breath of fresh air, and it's it was just so dark and sad and weird and funny and cinematic. And yeah, I, I think Capaldi owns the role with such uh, confidence, and just, he's just already so at home with it. And you know, I keep thinking about Deep Breath in the context of the 11th hour and the Christmas invasion. And it almost is even more special than it's almost even more special when compared to the introductions of 10 and 11, you know, they were both very like manic and cute and like running around. And here's Capaldi just sort of just taking his time with it and just really letting it breathe. And I, I'm, I, I just watched it like an hour ago. So I'm still actually a little bit um, woozy from how much I loved it. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to get into details because they're just, they're so, it's so deep and it's, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah, I really loved it too. Uh, I was, I, 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 I'm so impressed that Moffat had something else under his sleeve because I thought at this point we had sort of seen everything that there was to see from the guy. Um, so I was, I was shocked that this played so differently uh than everything we've seen from him in the past um it was i the, the word that i came away with i think more than anything is the episode felt very methodical um mm-hmm. in a good way uh the pacing was much slower than uh anything in the uh in the 11th doctor era um and i i really loved that and i think that in a lot of ways, I, what I found really exciting about it is that, you know, Nick comparing this to the Christmas invasion and to Eleventh uh, Hour, I I really feel like this is this really is our first regeneration story um, or post regeneration story of the new era since Christmas Invasion because in a lot of ways, the Eleventh Hour 
it's almost not a, like it, it's almost like a new pilot. It has more in common with Rose than it does with the Christmas invasion. Um, because, you know, the doctor's not like out. He's not like bedridden. He's not um, he's and, and he comes he sort of like comes out the door swinging um, yeah. in in the 11th hour where it's just like here he is. Here's the doctor. There's no there was no slow build to to it um, the way that. The Christmas invasion was in the way that this was. Um, so it was really, really refreshing to see that again. And, uh, and yeah, I have a lot of uh, detailed things to, to talk about as well. Uh, before we do that, I want to remind you guys that we are sponsored by DCBService.com, which is the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic books and collectibles. Discount your local comic book shop. Just can't compete with. Use DCBS to place your orders two months in advance and get discounts of 40% off. Special discounts up to 50% off. So place an order as big or small as you like and ship monthly, bi-weekly or weekly with flat rate shipping of only $6.95 every time an order goes out. So thanks to DCBService.com. Also, InStockTrades.com, the site where you can purchase any hardcover or paperback graphic novel collection that's currently in print at massive discounts of 25 to 45 percent off and if that's not good enough for you check back on wednesdays for new release specials of 50 percent off every single week and remember all orders over 50 dollars get free shipping so thanks to instocktrades.com okay so uh we're going to spoilers now so if you haven't watched the episode for whatever reason um and you're listening to this uh stop and then uh, come back um yeah you dummy <laughs> I don't I, I so okay so I don't want to start with the obvious thing because um, I feel like we're we're gonna talk about that a lot um, so I want to go f- through some stuff that we might forget about if we don't talk about it now so sure. let's start with uh, the, the the why are we here brigade um, which I think I think this is probably their best episode Um I was actually entertained by them. I actually quite liked them for the most part in this. I liked having this Victorian set story and suddenly like in a Victorian set story, I'm like, oh, I kind of see their purpose now. (laughs) Like they kind of feel um, they kind of suit a similar role as unit does in like the third doctor era. Anytime they they show up Um, and I and I. I, I I'd never really caught on to that until now. I, what did you guys think, uh, Cassandra? I yeah, you you just mentioned unit, and I think that they do kind of like they're like the Victorian unit, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I think it's taken till now for Moffat to really like get in stride with them and use them correctly um, because they were they were so good in this. Um, it it was it just suited them in a way that a lot of the other Victorian set stories didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked that there's a Solarian dealing with a dinosaur in Victorian London. Like that's yeah. Um, and Strax the Centauran had some of the best lines. I found myself laughing at like a lot of the things that he was saying as opposed to just rolling my eyes and sighing deeply and, oh, why are they here? Um, but, yeah, no, it it was a good outing for them, and I really enjoyed seeing a piece of, like, because we spend a lot of time with them, and we don't usually, where they're just kind of along for the ride, but this time we kind of saw how they went about their daily business, what they were about, and you took time to spend time with them so that developed them as characters shockingly (laughs) yeah uh nick no yeah this was the first time that they were as funny and charming and quirky and delightful as i think they were always supposed to be in other episodes um i mean yeah they were they were terrific i think it's just everything about doctor who just really benefited from that like 80 minute runtime I, I think that they were just allowed to breathe more and mm-hmm. we really got a sense of who they are as like a family mm-hmm. and it, it didn't feel like we were getting too much of them. It just felt like for the first time we were allowed to breathe with them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the bit where, where Strax throws the newspaper at Clara is <laughs> the hardest I've laughed at this show, I think since like the Tenet era. Um, <laughs> that was just so special. 
<laughs> the, the editing in that was just perfect. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, so great. And then like Jenny, this was the first time I was like, oh, I really like Jenny. Because I feel like I've never even noticed her. And not like in a, yeah, but just like, again, like just allowing quiet moments like when you think that, when, when, when Jenny thinks that she's being painted, but then the reveal that Vastra has been like, doing the old, you know, like, chain, like, yarn string thing. That was such a great little comic moment that was about who they were as characters. And, like, just, like, moments like that. I'm like, yeah, no, that works. That's so much better than, like, like we're gay, I'm a lizard, he's a centauran, bye. You know? Like, it... it yeah. They, <laughs> yeah, they really... I, I, I think there was, a, there, was, there was so much here to really like uh, about them. And I almost... it it To the point where it almost feels like... They were created no like with Moffat knowing that uh, he wanted them for the next Doctor because they never really felt like they fit into the world of the Eleventh Doctor. But suddenly, you know, mixing it up with the Twelfth Doctor, they feel like they belong there. It's weird. So, some, something about Twelve is just more Victorian than Eleven. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, even from the clockwork opening. It mm-hmm. it just feels like a better fit, and it almost I, I I like the doctor sort of being like the straight man to them in a way that because eleven it was just kind of quirk on quirk on quirk, right? And yeah, no, like I and I could I want them to come back, which I never thought I would say. I yeah. I, I look forward to seeing them again. I hope we see them again. That being said, I do think uh, Vastra being weirdly sexist to her girlfriend or wife uh, is weird. Um, like, what do you mean? Like, uh, where, 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 like that scene where she's like, where she thinks she's being painted and then she's not. And she's just like, oh, I just want you to stand here and be pretty. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's weird. So where, where it's just like, like, it's, sort of- it's, it's, it's bad. And like, okay, so they're, so they're lesbians. And I guess that, that makes Moffat feel like he has a free pass to be sexist. <laughs> and 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 the fact that she is a lizard allows him to be because he's just like oh but yeah but it's fine because she's not human so well she's also kind of a speciesist right right yeah <laughs> I don't know it just felt that like that felt that scene uh, felt a little gross like especially when Clara like walks in she's like oh good Clara take your clothes off pop your clothes off over there <laughs> I was like um <laughs> I don't know right, I, I, yeah. I, I, I guess it was kind of fun seeing. Her acting like that, as opposed to like Benedict Cumberbatch and Matt Smith acting like that. That's I, accurate, yes. Um, but it was still, uh, it, it's better, but it's not. I don't know if it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's. I see what you're saying. It's still problematic, but it's yeah. not like as bad. Right, but because I would be it's inter- a woman doing it, but it's still a man writing a woman doing that. So then, right. it still feels a little gross. But I'd be really interested in exploring that aspect of their relationship. Like, does Vastra see Jenny as sort of like a pet mm-hmm. or like a China doll? And like, well, what if Jenny doesn't like that? You know, because we see her hold her own in battle, like, you know, mm-hmm. at, the, at the climax with the swords. Well, and, and and she complains about it when she's like pouring the tea. And oh, she's, she's like, like, yeah, we're so equals, but here I am waiting on her. And I was like, um, oh, so like they're not just they're not just throwing like like gif ready one-liners at each other in this one like there's actually kind of like hints of conflict and i kind of i kind of like that right yeah um so i so yeah so it 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 actually uh i i think they really worked here um and i was i was excited by that um the other thing another character that uh, has worked off and on but i thought worked really well in this episode was actually clara um, you know, Nick, especially, uh, you have just sort of referred to her as not Amy, um, <laughs> since she was, <laughs> since she was introduced, um, because, uh, she's, you know, kind of just like Amy, only not. Um, and, but I, I think that this story in particular, um, and her struggle with, uh, dealing with the doctor post regeneration, um, and, the uh obvious like you know we talked about i talked or i talked about in um name of the doctor i talked about how she was sort of like a, a meta textual representation of what a companion does for the doctor mm-hmm. and here she again was a was a meta textual tool used to represent uh new who fandom 
Exactly. I was. Oh and my I, god. I was. It was beautiful. Oh I my thought god. It, it was so good. Nick, go ahead. Yeah. No. I was literally my head is your head. Uh, the, <laughs> the the scene where Vastra was talking to her and she's like, oh, so you just liked him because he was like young and dashing and handsome, and like Clara was just kind of like indignant but didn't really have a ready response. Right. I was like, oh my god, she's talking to the fandom. But mm-hmm. then the fandom spoke back, where Clara was like, "No, like, like, the heck you! Like, like you, but you think I'm that shallow? Like, you don't? You think that's why I'm? Yeah, no. This was the best, uh, best performance by Jenna Coleman in the series. Uh, Clara really felt like her own character, and you. This was the first time that when you know when Vaster was like, you know, you're the most important person in the Doctor's life. I really felt the tr- honesty in that, mm-hmm. and in the same way that you were saying that the. Uh, the Why We Are Here Brigade, which we need to come up with a nicer name for them now. Uh, like, th- it's like they were built for 12. I think Clara couldn't really be Clara until we met 12. The mm-hmm. scene the scene in the restaurant was revelatory. Oh, yeah. Like, they're like tit for tat, like, not flirty, but banter. Were, oh, my God. Like, no, like, nothing is more important than my narcissism. You actually said that. Like, ah, like... <laughs> Like, yeah, this is like, yeah, Clara Oswald. Nice to meet you. Like, you're, yeah, you're, oh yeah. Gosh. And you know, what's funny is like everyone talks about that restaurant scene as being uh, the thing. And I know that you just watched it an hour ago, so you haven't really had time to digest everything. But like the weirdest the moment that that kind of like I, I, I as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, look, it's Clara. She's like a real person is when they just like. At the very end of the episode, when they're just like walking off to go get coffee together, yeah. and it's just like and and in and she makes that um that thing where she's like, "Where are we?" And he's like, uh, "I think we're in Glasgow," and he's like, "Oh, she's like, oh, you'll fit right in, Scottish," <laughs> <laughs> and like it's just like a little a little like real character moment that I that I really really uh, responded to. Yeah, I I do have a question though. Um, and well, maybe... before you get to your question, let's, okay. let's get, Cassandra, what did, what did you, what did you oh, think right. of Clara yeah. in this? <laughs> hey guys. Um, <laughs> no, I thought that she actually worked really well in this. I, this was another thing that surprised me in such a good way because I really want to see Clara. I want to know Clara. Like we know Rose and Martha and Donna and Amy. I want, I want her to be iconic like the other, you know, however many. And this story is almost like her first episode, too. Like, her first true episode. Um, And she didn't feel like a plot device. She felt like a person, which astounded me. And it's wonderful. And I want to see more of it. Um, And I really think that this, this doctor and Clara have the potential to be, like, the new 10th Doctor Donna. All I see is... They, they have such good chemistry together and they just work. And like the scene in the restaurant, um, I, oh God, I, I, yeah, she's, she's wonderful. I, and I never thought I'd say that because up till this point she was not Amy, but now she feels like her own and she's grown into her own much like, um, the, why are we here brigade? But mm-hmm. in she, I don't know. She just feels real to me and I'm really excited to see, where she goes um, in this before she leaves, which is which I'm really sad about now because I don't, I don't want her. Well, to go supposedly now. <laughs> that it's not been confirmed. That's just oh, a has mirror. It not? Yeah, it's just a mirror article. Like oh, okay. and they could totally be way off. Base. Right, 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 right. But um, yeah, uh, uh, Nick, what was your question? Okay, and, and, maybe, and maybe you two have been paying more attention than me because uh, stuff like this sometimes goes over my head. Um, so I, as much as I loved the character arc of Clara, like, accepting 12 as the Doctor, and, you know, that was great. Why doesn't she know about regenerations? It's, I I think she does know, it, but it's one thing to underst- to know and understand regeneration in theory, and it's quite another to experience it in practice. Okay, because there was a part at the very beginning when she sort of turns to Vastra and is like, how do we change him back? And Vastra was like, you can't, that's him. And I don't know, I was like, you, you've met every doctor in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I guess when she went down like the magic, the magic wormhole of fate and time, uh, I, I guess I just assumed that she sort of, kind of like, like Craig, where she just like, boom, caught up. She knows everything. 
And so, well, yeah, and I think she did, but it's one thing to just like get the knowledge zapped into your head and another to actually like experience a new like this person this person in a new body, you know? Like sure, for, yeah. for real. Um because uh, cause even cause even meeting cause she even met, you know, she met three doctors in Day of the Doctor. Yeah. You know? But she wasn't experiencing her doctor becoming a different man. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I think it was just like the shock of it of it like happening right in front of her face. Yeah, um, definitely. Only like what, like the third person to to have done that in the show? In the new show? Sure. Uh yeah, well, just in yeah, just in the uh, she's she's the only the second person in in New Who, um, but there's been several before that. Okay, yeah, um, about a about a dozen, I think, about a dozen. Wow. Yeah, well, just because, and I and I only say I, I a dozen sounds like a lot, but then there was like there was like seven people when the fourth Doctor regenerated. <laughs> When, oh, okay. when when the when the fourth when the third doctor regenerated and the fourth doctor regenerated like th- those two regenerations had like there was like six people standing around it's ridiculous yeah um, he had I like l- they were like throwing parties I don't know what was going <laughs> on <laughs> he's dying yay <laughs> everybody Man, come look <laughs> I I loved the line where he tells the dinosaur um, like I just we picked you up accidentally it's actually how I meet most girls uh, I thought that was great um, yeah. <laughs> Am I an awful person, or am I the o- am I the only person who accidentally kind of laughed out loud when after twelve's like impassioned speech about bringing the oh. dinosaur home, the dinosaur just burst into flames. No, it was, it was so funny. It okay, was cool. it wasn't sad until he was like he like got a closer look. Like yeah, definitely. from the distance, it was just ridiculous. Like it was so funny. <laughs> it was it was just. I'll do it. I'll bring you home, and it's gonna be fine. And then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a it had to be meant to be a, like a dark humorous moment. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah. So so okay. Um, so let's not bury the lead, I guess, anymore. Uh, let's talk about uh, the twelfth Doctor. And the thing that I think surprised me more than anything else, um, because I I love the whole new man sequence and and how you know as soon as he came out of the tardis he was still acting like uh the 11th doctor um his speech pattern was a, very similar to matt smith and uh and then he would he slowly grew into to his own to the point where i feel like he he truly became the doctor um in that moment where uh clara says the doctor has my always has my back and then he shows up I'm like that's the that was the moment where I was like, oh, there he is, um, and uh, but but like through that whole process, like that was really good. Uh, but the thing that I think I was I was shocked by because everyone was just like, oh, he's going to be another third Doctor, um, and he was like, he was like nailing Tom Baker, um, like yes. this is such a fourth Doctor Doctor. I was, I I was I was kind of shocked by it, like to the point where they actually even made like. Was it two references to the fourth doctor? They did this the scarf thing, and then he said the line about uh, how he he usually takes cat naps when other people are talking, so that he can just skip to his bits. Um, that's was like that a fourth, a fourth doctor reference. I Isn't that a scarf. fourth doctor line? I thought that was like literally a fourth doctor. line. It sounds like a fourth doctor line. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but uh, yeah, so like. I, I got so much fourth doctor out of him um, in a really great way. And I mean, there, there's obviously a lot of Capaldi stuff going on in there in, in the mix too, but you don't really, it's hard to uh, comprehend all of that until you have a few episodes with him under your belt. Um, the very first thing that you always find is like, Oh, who's the doctor that he's emulating? You know, with Matt Smith, he was emulating Troughton. And I think with, uh, with, with Capaldi, he's more than anything emulating, uh, emulating Tom Baker. Um, but what did you guys think? Cassandra, what did you think? Um, yeah, no, I got a really, uh, Tom Baker vibe from this in such a good way. Mm -hmm. Like first three seasons, Tom Baker. Oh yeah. So good. Um, (laughs) and isn't this supposed to be an homage to season 14? Yes. Okay. Um, season 14 is Tom Baker's third season, just so you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, no, I I really liked the scene. I think my favorite scene with Capaldi so far is actually where he's still figuring out, uh, and he does that monologue about his face with that hobo in the alley. Oh, um, such a good scene. I oh, it's wonderful, and I love that they are. Because we have seen this face before, like, and they're acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how that comes into play because I feel like he's going to want to know why. Um, and they're, if they're setting this up now and we, it gets paid off, I'm so excited. Um, I just, and I loved his comments about, like, I don't know where these faces come from. I don't know who's wearing them. Like, who, who frowned in this face before me? Because I didn't yeah. make these lines. This is a new face. Where did these lines come from? Like, just, uh, like, oh, I just loved that. And it was, it's the same kind of, um, uh, Moffat does that sort of thing a lot where he just, like, he thinks about things in, like, a Jerry Seinfeld kind of way where he's just like, why do we have whole rooms devoted to, uh, <laughs> that, you know, devoted to us not being awake in them? Right. Um, and, and so he, he uses all of those thoughts and makes the doctor think them. Um, and I, I actually, that's one of my favorite things about his take on the doctor, um, is his, his use of, of, uh, stuff like that like unconventional ways of thinking about ordinary things yes yeah yeah definitely and i think he brings that into like creepy stuff too um, yeah that's definitely he always does like darkness and silence and memory and statues and all of that stuff uh nick go 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 ahead and go ahead and gush about capaldi no he was so good you guys uh <laughs> Ah, he was just uh, so. Oh man, I can't, I can't wait. Because uh, like he, he he said on record that um, it's gonna take a good like half a dozen episodes before you really figure out who Twelve is, mm-hmm. and it just felt he felt so unpredictable in a way that as as wily as as Eleven was like I. I didn't know what this doctor was going to do. Like when he, when you thought that he was gonna like leave Clara, like when they got separated, I was like, yeah, no, he's gone. I could, <laughs> I can definitely see him just like bouncing. And I like he, that as it was sort of a wink to the sixth doctor, where I was just like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, because he did something. He he hid behind a companion in his first story, uh, um, and so like it felt it felt very like sixth doctor, where I was like, uh oh, <laughs> nah, um. You know, congratulations on the fires of Pompeii for suddenly being like a thousand percent more relevant in the Who canon. <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't see that one coming. Uh, but yeah, no, he he's great, and I can't wait to. You know, the Doctor is just just such an actor's feast, and I oh my god, the moment when he's pouring him and the guy two glasses of scotch. Ugh. I'm like, holy crap, you, that is the 12th Doctor. That's like, my favorite, that's my favorite Doctor moment of the whole episode, is that it was moment. A, he's like, I have a terrible feeling I'm going to have to kill you. Would you like, like, would you like a drink first? Like, oh my god, that's insane. Like, uh-huh. and just the way he would maneuver, the way he maneuvered around the TARDIS. Because like 10 and 11 and even 9 were just like, look at me, my arms flailing. And, you know, they're flipping buttons and just 12 he's was very just, regal. Yeah, 12 is like a vulture, you know, just yeah. like circling around and he's got like his coat and it's so minimalist but then it has the red underneath ah man i can't wait for i can't wait for the rest of the season i can't wait to explore i think the best of my favorite episodes of the doctor of, of the doctor who <laughs> my, my favorite episodes of the doctor who are when uh you find yourselves asking more questions about who this character is mm-hmm. that's always what i'm so interested in and like the moment the the, the 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 motif about how you you're not sure if he pushed the mechanical man out or if the mechanical man fell perfectly sets up the mystery of who this character is mm-hmm. because both make sense you can kind of see you can kind of imagine this doctor murdering someone if if need be like or you can see him showing mercy and I, I'm just, I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's, it's, uh, he's, he's spectacular. And I, you know, we're going to be talking about him a lot, uh, this season. Um, and, uh, but he, he really brought it in this first episode. 
Uh, like just, I was, I didn't really know what to expect from him. Um, and I, and you know, I, you never do, but he just, oh, he just blew me away. Um, just really, really, really phenomenal. Um, and we talked about the way that he moved around the TARDIS. So let's talk about the new TARDIS interior, which I think, uh, I, I feel like was kind of lazy. Um, it just, it's the other TARDIS, uh, it's the, it's the last TARDIS interior just with bookcases. Um, yes. <laughs> what it looks like bookcases and chairs. Um, I mean, so they just got, they just got that one. Yeah, no, I know, but like, I, I think my, my thing is that, and I, and I knew that that's what it was, um, when I saw the promotional photos of it, but I feel like if they had lit the set the way that it was lit in the promotional photos, at least it would look different. Um, but keeping it like dark like that, uh, I felt was doing it a disservice because I, I think it's like really pretty in those promotional photos. Remember the ones that I, 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 I sent you guys on Twitter? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The ones like that. Like if they had lit the set like that all the time, I would be in love with the new set. I just don't like how dark it is. I think they're keeping with the theme of dark and broody doctor and mm-hmm. TARDIS matching it which is cool i like the idea of a doctor looking for like penance almost mm-hmm. um so i'm interested to see where that goes and maybe because they did establish that the tardis has like a psychic link especially to the doctor so mm-hmm. maybe it's just a reflection of his mood at the time mm-hmm. I don't maybe, know. maybe we should start calling him doctor who doctor <laughs> get out get out <laughs> I like the I like the squishy armchairs though. Those are cool. <laughs> I love that he has an armchair. Yeah, he, he wasn't even standing up when Clara first came in. He was like, "Hey, <laughs> hey, girl, hey, girl, hey." Oh, <laughs> uh, um, maybe they'll, maybe they'll slowly turn the lights on in the in the TARDIS as the, sure. <laughs> as the season progresses. <laughs> can we can like the TARDIS is just your strange grandpa's house? Like he never has any lights on. There's like newspapers everywhere. <laughs> it smells like must. Yeah. yeah, I love the blackboards though. Oh, I love the blackboards. Were there blackboards? I yeah, there's that. blackboards. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. What for really- learning and such. Yeah, I love. Well, you saw him like playing with chalk like yeah. earlier, so I uh, I really like that. Um, uh, the new opening uh, I think is unbelievably beautiful, uh, and I love the new the-, the new the new take on the theme song. Um, I think it's my favorite of New Who so far. Okay, it's what, so good. Was I hearing strings at the beginning? Maybe. Okay, I was because I I, it, I was trying to pick out how it was different. And it's just it's it somehow seems more orchestral than it has in the past. I don't know. I could be wrong. It, it feels it almost feels uh, a little more electronic too. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, uh, I I loved it though. It was like when it when it hit, my mouth just dropped open and just stayed open the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, because um, you know when you saw the interviews where Moffat was like, yeah, I found this thing on YouTube, and you know it was the first new, r- truly new take on the opening credits that I had ever seen in Doctor Who, um, and I knew that I had to use it, and I was like, it's like what could he have possibly done? I was like, oh my god. It's beautiful. <laughs> I yeah, I like that the time vortex instead of weird swirly things is is cl- like clockwork. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, the credits started and I just I was I I like knitting while I'm watching, and so the credits started and I had to put my knitting down and like rewind and take it all in because it was so gorgeous and I wasn't ex- I didn't know we were getting a new theme. Um, Mm-hmm. And uh, this episode, man, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about the uh, just the episode as a whole, um, the story that we're we were told in this, and and the fact that it's a sequel to uh, the girl in the fireplace, which is one of my all time favorite Doctor Who stories. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's a sequel, and you know we we had talked about in our last episode, we talked about how. Moffat tends to repeat himself a lot and how um, he brings back, you know, like the angels, he brings back like old villains that he created and doesn't have anything new to, to, to do with them. Um, 
And I felt like, you know, he sat on the clockwork people until he had something interesting to, to say about them, um, something new. And uh, I think he brought it. Honestly, like I love the clockwork, uh, the clockwork men in Girl in the Fireplace, but I, I think that this that he made them even creepier. Um, it was uh, uh, it was a lot of mimes. I'll say that um, <laughs> they cast a lot of mimes. <laughs> That'd be a great um, name for an episode. Yeah, which which is funny because he, you know, the he the doctor even says something about like you know I don't like karaoke or mimes. Um, <laughs> And I was like, well, you're in the wrong episode then because there are so many mimes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I loved uh, the, the new take and I loved how um, they started upgrading themselves uh, while well, replacing, like, old parts of themselves with people um, along with the ship and – uh, what and and how they sort of like artificially gave themselves humanity? They're like reverse Cybermen, and that's amazing. Like, what an amazing idea! Um, I was really impressed by that. What did you guys think? Um, it's funny because I feel like we've seen every Moffat trope that is in Girl in the Fireplace, except the Clockwork People. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Because when we first see the villain in this, when the dinosaur's like on fire and you see that guy, um, or even when he's harvesting eyes, I'm like, what, what, what is going on here? But the more, like when the reveal happens, it's, I did, I will admit that I did roll my eyes a little, like, oh, well, okay. Um, but it actually works here, and I think the, the clockwork people are just really suited to, old-timey, like, historical settings because mm-hmm. they worked really well in Girl in the Fireplace and they worked really well here in Victoria and London. Um, like, the reveal when, at the end of the restaurant scene where you kind of take it all in that these people aren't really eating, so creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, because up until that point, they were just background noise, and the doctor was trying to get everyone, and Clara included, like to focus on it. But when you first finally do see that they're not doing anything, well, they're doing things, but they're not, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing as people is really, really creepy. And the leader in this is really good. Um, and I thought. Yeah, like reverse Cybermen. I hadn't really thought about that up until you said it, but that's a really good uh, way to describe them because with the doctor's conversation with the uh, leader, we do kind of see like when they when the doctor invites him to look at the view, and he says, "I don't have an opinion," or "I don't think of the view." The doctor like calls him out on it and. It's really, really creepy to me because I don't like robots. It's really creepy to hear a robot say something is beautiful because that's not an objective fact. It, it's subjective. So I thought, yeah, I thought it was a really good use of them. And I hope he doesn't bring them back because he has a tendency to overuse them and then it gets stale, as we've seen. Right. But this was a really good return for them you know i would love to see one of him allow one of the other writers take one of his creations and do an episode about them like i i think i would even be in interested in seeing the angels again as long as it was written by someone that wasn't moffat just because i'd be curious what their take on it would be and it would officially make them you know like a real monster not uh not just not just a moffat one right what what did you think nick a balloon made of human flesh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that, you know, I'm not. I'm uh, a... Speaking of human flesh, that was, oh, I love that, that bit at the, uh, at the restaurant when he's just he like, puts the, he puts the face on her face. And I was like, like oh it's my a God. face. And she's like, what? Oh, oh God. <laughs> it was so, oh, it's so perfect. It was so dark. Oh, I loved it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I totally kind of got like a fanboy fist pump moment where Capaldi's like, "Oh, like the you know the SS uh, Marie Antoinette sister ship of the Madame de Pompadour." I was like, "Oh my god, it's the yeah. same ship, you guys!" 
<laughs> oh man, that was cool. Um, yeah, That's no, and, so cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I and I loved him, the actor that played the leader of the Clockwork Men, and um, I don't, I don't know if we want to talk about like the post credit tag yet. We, but, we will, we'll get there. Yeah, but like, yeah, I, I, I was digging that actor. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it kind of really pay, pathos to it. Um, yeah. While we're downstairs in the basement, uh, I really love the little aside, like that, that Capaldi made, where he said, "Like times like these, I miss Amy." Oh yeah, and it took we, me a second to even understand the joke, and he was like, "Oh, I was like, oh right, because she's taller." The Hilarious. legs, the legs. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> uh, that made that was that was fun. I liked that. And then, and then she was like, "Who?" And I was like, "Oh, that's right. You have no idea who that is." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when he was losing his mind in Time of the Doctor and just like reaching out to her and saying weird stuff, and she's just like, "I don't was, what what's happening." I was, <laughs> like, wondering, what's I was wondering. <laughs> I was wondering what that was about. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, while we're back in Time of the Doctor, do we want to talk about that for a second? Sure. Um, special appearance by uh, old old Maddie, old Matt Smith. Oh right, yes, yeah. I uh, that that. Uh, that whole end scene was like very heartbreaking and what I think is funny is that it wasn't um, I mean this is the first time that's ever happened uh, in Doctor Who history um, a doctor regenerating and then coming back uh, to, to say goodbye um, I, it's never happened before usually it's uh, you know ripped off like a band-aid and you just sort of roll with it um, I so I was uh when it, when it first ha- started happening, I was like, R- that's weird. Huh. Okay. Um, and by the end of it, I was like, yeah, this is uh, this is just Matt Smith just being like, everybody, seriously, you're in good hands. Like, it's okay that I'm gone. <laughs> and I just, I just, and I, and I just realized that, like, this, that scene in particular made me realize that I think... Outside of, you know, Hartnell for obvious reasons, I think Matt Smith is the most important doctor uh, in Doctor Who history just because he's the one that broke it into, like, major, major mainstream. Um, And he's the reason that it's, like, a phenomenon. Uh, And I... and, And now he's gone, and I guess that is a big deal. And it's just weird for, you know, like, old Who fans, like... Cassandra and I, because we're just like, it's not just we just cross our arms, just like he's not that big of a deal. <laughs> there, yeah. were, there were others before him, and there'll be others <laughs> after him, and everybody needs to shut up about it. Um, but when you really look at like pop culture, it's like no, he really did sort of affect uh, affect Doctor Who in a massive, massive way. Yeah, I mean, um, like if you I, if you see, you know, you would see like Tom Baker little cartoon Tom Baker walk past like the background in the Simpsons mm-hmm. and everyone's like, Oh, that's Dr. Who. But like, you know, Patrick Troughton bless his heart. Maybe not so much, but like mm-hmm. Matt's, you know, like the bow tie and the jacket and the, you know, like, yeah, yeah it, it kind of did break my heart a little bit because seeing him in the context of already being gone, uh, was like, Oh my God. Wow. Like, and I was so worried it was just going to be, like, an awkward, like, recording, like, Chef and South Park, you know? But, like, when it was actually, like, I, I wonder, did they film that after Time of the Doctor or, like? Yeah, I, I think he did come come in to do that scene. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. He, because he, uh, Matt Smith is a trooper. Like, he, 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 uh, he's like, yeah, I, I want to come back whenever like can we have an anniversary special this year like i'll come back <laughs> i mean um, if, he, if he can do series six he can do anything yeah well fair um <laughs> uh so 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 yeah he was like he was just like he was ready to to play ball again um and come in and, and shoot that that scene i mean you know that's the reason why it was shot so closely because they probably already changed the set around mm-hmm. um the the tardis interior set so they had to shoot it really closely um, because they didn't bother to change the door. (laughs) Um, Because they're the BBC. uh, They're the BBC. (laughs) I I thought it was odd that he came back so soon. Mm -hmm. Um, And when he first showed up, I was like, oh, here we go again. Here, you know. Um, But 
I think it was actually, the more I think about it, the more I think it was actually really well done. And uh, to go with the whole metatextual companion is the audience and we are the companion kind of thing, like this was the final send off and goodbye from a lot of people's first doctor and saying, it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And like a, it was interesting that they chose to kind of do the passing of the torch thing in this episode as opposed to time of the doctor because I feel like there wasn't really a like a like a goodbye but this was like Matt Smith's goodbye and it's actually really touching and I'm surprised that it worked so well here um, because like we do have Clara struggling to come to terms with the fact that her doctor is gone um and even towards the end of the episode, she's still super reticent. Like, I, I want to go home. I don't know who you are anymore. And then we have that moment. And it's, it's yeah, it's really good. And it kind of blows my mind that uh, there's a lot of fans out there. Like, this is their first post-regeneration story. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I think about it in that terms, like, I... I really couldn't ask for a better introduction for Peter Capaldi. I think they nailed it, including the little cameo by Matt Smith, um, wishing everyone well and mm-hmm. kind of passing it off. It was, yeah. And it allowed him to say goodbye to Clara, which he didn't get to do before he regenerated. Yeah. Because uh, he was too busy uh, pretending to see Amy. Um <laughs> <laughs> to say well, goodbye to the, his current companion. If you seek Amy. Yeah. Although, you know, <laughs> they set it up really nicely with the with the the phone that was off the hook and everything. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really well done and uh and yeah, I, I, I agree. I think the scene was uh touching. And I and you know, in a regular uh Moffat fashion, you know, he he really hammers it hammers the, the, the uh the point home when uh, you know, when the 12th doctor is just like, Hey, uh, so he asked you a question. She's like, uh, you shouldn't have been listening to my phone call. And he's like, I, I didn't, I made the call. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I just, I, I just love that. Like I, I, that was, it was so good. Um, and, uh, I, uh, I, God, I'm just ready. I'm ready for more. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's important to always remember similar to comic books, you know, like you know, it's always somebody's first issue. Like it's always it's always someone's first doctor, right? Like, you know, <laughs> I I hopped on the show in season one, so like when the, when the Christmas Invasion was my first regeneration story, and it was really really weird. Yeah, because I didn't like yeah. David Tennant. I didn't like David Tennant at first because I'm like, who's this? He's pretty and happy and nine was real nine was my doctor and why <laughs> <Nine> was real <laughs> nine was real man <laughs> told it like it was yeah he, i uh he'd it's seen funny. some stuff go to any um doctor who article like being linked on facebook right and just look at the facebook comments uh about you know about deep breath and it's just everyone is just saying you know like for every everyone that's like oh yay a new doctor there's someone else that's just like I miss I miss Matt Smith. I miss I miss the Eleventh Doctor. Eleventh Doctor's my doctor. Like I don't know who this guy is. I'm not going to watch this show. Blah blah blah. Um, and it was and it's just it's that's that's what that's what this that's who the, this episode was made for. Yeah. Um, and I and I and I love that. And I I loved uh, there was one comment in particular that was made that made me laugh where somebody goes somebody's comment was I miss the old Doctor and then somebody responded to their comment with. With you're right, William Hartnell was a great doctor, <laughs> <laughs> and it just made me laugh. <laughs> um, That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, I, I, I love that that scene, and I love the scene between the two of them on the TARDIS too, uh, where he first like reveals his outfit, and um, there's that moment where he's just like, so what do you say? Are you going to come with me? And he's got this big goofy smile on his face. It is kind of like, like, a, like an estranged grand granddaughter and grandfather relationship. Yeah. That's like really sweet. And mm-hmm. I, I, I really, I'm really excited to see it evolve because you know, it, I, it, um, going into this, it was really easy to just say, Oh, you know, Oh, she's not going to be, 
the girlfriend anymore. It's going to be different because he's old. He's not going to be flirty. But it was just so endearing seeing how much this incarnation of the Doctor really needs Clara. Yeah. And it was like, oh, wow, that's, that's a cool angle to it. And not like in a come-along-pawn kind of way, but in a, like, please, please. And needs the please. fans. Like, please, from, like, from, a, from a meta level, the, yeah. the Doctor needs fans, you know? Yeah. Um, like, don't 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 leave me. <laughs> like, I, <don't, laughs> we I, need I, your ratings. <laughs> <laughs> I like the scene in the TARDIS after the phone call because both of the characters are really vulnerable. And, like... It feels, it feels like a first date, mm-hmm. kind of, um, or like two people hadn't seen each other in a while, and this is like catch up dinner or something. Um, and I, I like the kind of reiteration of "I'm not your boyfriend," um, and I thought it was interesting because Clara says, "Oh, I, I never thought you were," and the doctor says. I, I wasn't really who said I was talking to you or I forget what exactly he says, but you know, um, and he's kind of reiterating it for himself. Right. Um, what this relationship is about. And I really, I, oh, I can't wait to see where this pair goes because the doctor actually needs her as opposed to just collecting her as a curiosity, like Matt Smith did. Um, and I think it has really good potential because these two characters on like a basic level need each other in a way that the 11th doctor didn't need Clara. Mm-hmm. It feels like, it feels like Eccleston and Rose again, really, or even like Tennant and Donna, like I've said before, like right. just these two characters click in such a way and they balance it. They, they're really good foils for each other is basically what I'm trying to say. So I'm really excited to see where they go going forward. Absolutely. A um, couple of things that uh, I thought did not work in this. Um, the biggest one being the weird cartoon sound effects. Um, oh, my God. I forgot about that. Those were super weird. Uh, like when 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 Vastra knocks out the doctor and you just hear like the conk and bird noises and you're just like, yeah. what? <laughs> Um, and, and there was a couple of other ones like, uh, the, the, uh, the car alarm thing in her hat and Master's hat. It's like, is this 2003? Like, oh my God, I thought that was so funny. Oh really? Yeah, no, I actually really liked that. All right. Well, I'm glad it worked for you then. Um, no, I mean, I I laughed too, but I laughed at like the, oh my God, they made that joke. I I had forgotten (laughs) about, I forgot about that joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was like, there was weird Foley effects that I wasn't crazy about, um, in, in the episode. Uh, the other thing that didn't work for me as much as I liked the, uh, the speech of, uh, the Clara's speech of threats don't work unless you deliver the weird, like flashback thing of her teaching the class and the class not listening to her. Yeah. I like, wow. Did that feel shoehorned in? Um, it almost felt like a scene that was like supposed to be like earlier in the episode and they chose not to or something like, and I know it doesn't fit anywhere else, but it just felt so out of place and just to, it felt unearned to set up her, her monologue. Um, it was, oh, it's so weird. It was a weird scene. I feel, I feel like it was supposed to be a scene in one of her, like when the doctor picks her up after she's been a teacher for a while mm-hmm. like towards i don't remember exactly i think that was the uh, day of the doctor where that happened yeah, yeah yeah i feel like that should have been i don't know yeah you're right it, it, it was, was weird yeah and it didn't it didn't quite work as much as i liked the speech that that grew out of it it was a weird moment that felt completely uh out of left field and unearned nick do you have any I mean, yeah, it was really weird. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, what, what about you guys? Do you have anything uh, that you want to talk about? Uh, Cassandra, what do you, what do you got? Um, are we, are we going to talk about the last like few minutes? Oh yeah. I guess we should talk about that. Let's do it. Um, uh, Cause I don't know on a list of things that didn't quite work for me. I think that's one of them. Um, 
it's certainly thought provoking because I keep thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, it's weird. It's weird. I don't. It I is don't weird. And Miss I, her name. I, her name is Missy, Mistress, Missy. Master. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say that's a dumb connection, but as we yeah. know, uh, last time I said that, <laughs> that might their actually, names are Water Scott. Yeah, that might actually be that might actually be the strongest hint that it that actually is what's happening. Yeah, yeah. I actually hadn't thought about that, and that's really interesting. And I, she definitely feels like the master more than any other character. Yeah. Um, like, I like that actress a lot. I, I really like. Uh, she was really. Like unforced creepy, mm-hmm. uh, like and the little, weird. Yeah, the little twirl she did at the very end. Like I don't know. I was like, I and really the growl. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Just, just like Madame Gavorkian, but <laughs> she's good. Like, she's like, welcome to heaven, and then growls. And like, <laughs> that's that's a weird take on that line. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking the master. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, I think she's the master. I know some people I hear, you know, oh, it's 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 the next river. And I'm like, I don't think that is um, to God. Yeah. And then I hear I hear uh, the Ronnie. And again, I don't I don't imagine the Ronnie calling the doctor her boyfriend or really anyone. No, no. So I don't no. really. Then again, she is being written by Moffat. So maybe. <laughs> I don't know. She feels like Irene Adler. In all of the worst ways, yeah, you know, yeah, um, and I, I'd be down for the return of the master. If she's uh, the master, like I think I'm, I'm okay with that take on the character because it, it would be like a man being a woman for the first time. Yeah. So, so, so you would almost like Moffat writing that version of the master. Like I would kind of, and, and just like living in that space, kind of makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um and and making making him that kind of character, uh, as a woman, uh, so I I I mean I think I think I think Nick called it like I think that's I think that's yeah I think it's either I think it's either the master or someone brand new sure um, yeah I also it just seems like such a Moffaty subversion like oh you wanted a female doctor okay well it's the master oh my god we're like oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think your Moffat just had a stroke <laughs> of genius, Scott. Oh, oh no! I, I um, I also right before recording, I was on Tumblr as I want to be, um, <laughs> and I saw this really cool uh, comparison actually of that shot in the garden. Um, and it, I don't know if it's like BBC budget or whatever, but it looks like the shot of the garden. Um, the girl uh, who waited. Yeah. 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 Um, and like Missy calls it paradise and it's supposed to be like a paradise plant. So I, I don't, I I hope they bring that back. That's really cool. I really Um, didn't like that. She called it heaven though. Like when they well, were being like super vague about being paradise or whatever, yeah, like I was yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. But then when she's like, it's heaven, and I was like, well, that's that's a weird thing for a, that's a weird place for a sci-fi show to go. Well, isn't the the finale has heaven in the title, so they're probably gonna right. I mean, I it. I would that that sounds like a really Doctor Who thing to do, where the planet is called heaven. I guess that's true. Also very interesting, um, earlier in the episode, the Doctor made a very firm, as he is wont to do, made a very firm stance uh, in the the, um, the field of atheism. So, like, to have, yeah. you know, you know, he's like, you like, there's no such thing as paradise, there's no such thing as any of that. And then to have him maybe go up against heaven, like, that could be an incredibly hmm. uh, well, interesting place. I, I mean, they did Satan with David Tennant, so. Heaven yeah, with, yeah, I didn't, Cabaldi. I didn't much yeah. care for that either. <laughs> So, oh really? Yeah, no, I don't like those episodes at all. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, uh, so I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't. I don't like uh, uh, religious peanut butter in my chocolate Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, but I will, I'm I'm way okay. more I'm way more excited about this mystery than I have in a mystery in a long time with this show. Yeah, yes. because it doesn't feel like. Uh, it doesn't feel like the other kind of mystery. This feels more, almost more in line with, um, 
like a Russell T Davies style mystery. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. It doesn't feel like a crack in the wall until it feels like this until, feels until like every a... episode ends with a bad guy showing up there again. <laughs> just, this feels like Bad Wolf or Vote Saxon or yeah, whatever else. Oh yeah. man, she just becomes like the the guy from Amazing Spider Man that no one knows who he is, including the director. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this episode was really well directed by Ben Wheatley. I think. Ben Wheatley. Yeah, I was waiting for him to come up. Oh, he brought it. Fantastic. Um, I can't wait to see High Rise. I know, me either. Uh, I can't wait to see next week's episode, which hey. I also directed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. So next week, uh, Into the da- Dalek, uh, Ben Wheatley again, and uh, Michael Capaldi. Smiley. Yeah. He showed up. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, I, can't w- I can't wait to see that. Um, Peter Capaldi's um, back. Yeah. Phil For- uh, a script by Phil Ford and Stephen Moffat. Um, is this the fourth episode in a row written by Moffat? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm not complaining. It's just like, that's a long streak, even for who standards. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's interesting to see him have like a co-writing credit. So. Yeah. I, yeah. well, my theory on that is that, um, Notably, and what uh, his past producers have always been uh, frustrated with is that he hasn't been doing his job as head writer. Um, right. He's he's he hasn't been rewriting other scripts because uh, he he's a slow he's a slow writer. So he was focused on his script, so he wasn't uh, rewriting everyone else's, um, which mm-hmm. is why you know that's the theory. That's a lot of people's like technical theory as far as like why uh, season. Six and uh, seven were kind of on the weak side because they they lacked uh, uh, vision, I guess, um, or like an overall voice. Uh, yeah. And so the theory is, I my theory is that um, I think he's finally doing his job. He's just taking credit <laughs> for the job uh, in the way that like um, like Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think he's pulling an Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah, I think Phil Ford wrote a script, and then Stephen Moffat rewrote it, and then put his name on it um, because it's uh, not enough that he's head writer, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm going to get the credit regardless. Uh, he also wants the credit. <laughs> he's a diva, um, Scott. He wants his name written on a building. Yep. Yep. Nothing is more important than my egomania. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that was meta too. Um, <laughs> Was it Dan Harmon's Doctor Who? What's going on? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I think uh, I think that wraps up our our conversation on uh, on Deep Breath. Uh, really, really great episode, um, and a great uh, post regen story. I think um, beautiful. Like, oh yeah, that's the other thing. Production design. Oh my god. Yeah. Production yeah. design was great. Um, I thought I thought I really liked this a lot. I thought it was really good. Um, I want to rewatch it. Yeah, I just rewatched it uh, before we started recording because uh, I oh, wanted cool. everything to be fresh in my head. Right, right. right. It's uh, holds up, holds up. Sweet, <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> um, all right, if you guys have thoughts that you want to share, find the post of this episode on the Doctor's Companion dot us. Uh, as I said, this is uh, this is this is our sweeps, and it's showing on the website because we're getting comments now. Um, I know we had like six comments yesterday when I checked. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, so go to the doctor's companion.us and, and leave a comment and, and we'll respond to you and it'll be, it'll be fun. It's a good time. So go do that. Uh, or you can send us an email, tdcpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we, if we get, uh, emails, we will, uh, add an email section to every episode so we can talk about that because we will be going through our theories, um, as we go along, uh, because it's fun, um, in the way that <laughs> we think that, uh, Missy might be, uh, might be the master. Um, so, uh, so we'll, we'll, we're going to talk about that stuff as it comes up and of, as the hints come up and it's, it's, uh, it's fun. It's fun to speculate, I think. Um, so we're going to be doing lots of speculating. So if you have uh, any thoughts or speculations, uh, email us tdcpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, check out my other podcasts, uh, at mindrobber.net. Uh, the Mind Robbers, which is uh, the flagship podcast. Um, check out the Mind Robbers Versus, where we're covering uh, Joss Whedon 
shows and uh, and whatnot where we're doing uh, Buffy right now and um, soon to be uh, alternating between Buffy and Angel. And then also uh, Nick and I's podcast, Not Writing, uh, which is just a conversation podcast about nothing. Um, because we, uh, we also we like should... Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Um, and uh, if you're on Twitter, follow at TDC podcast. So you'll know the second a new episode hits uh, or you can follow our personal accounts. I'm at Scott Corelli. Nick is at Nick M Jimenez and Cassandra is at uh, dark hearted Rose. Uh, and if you like the show, do us a favor, leave us a fresh review on iTunes. We haven't gotten one in a really long time. Uh, it's been over a year. Uh, so, so do, do us a favor and, uh, and pop in there and give us a fresh iTunes review. Cause that's, uh, really helps us out. Most importantly, be our street team, get out there and tell people we're back and we're doing new who again. Uh, we exist. And next time we'll be back to talk about into the Dalek. Bye. Bye. Take it away. Muse. <laughs> <laughs>